We are on Ksubis Memezayin Amabez, towards the middle at the two dots. Uh, we are now transitioning into discussing the obligations that the husband has towards his wife. Uh, and if one looks at the Rambam, Maimonides and his laws, in the laws of uh, marriage, in the 12th chapter, he lists the 10 different obligations that a husband has towards his wife. The Gemara will discuss some of these obligations right now. Um, and we will see that they're also, uh, because of these obligations that the husband has, so therefore he receives uh, something in return. And it seems pretty clear amongst the commentators that uh, the reason why he receives something in return is that this is not a, uh, this is not uh, some form of uh, um, I, I give you, you give me type of situation, but it's really, it's all for the benefit of the wife. All of this is really for the benefit of the wife. The reason why the wife gives the husband uh, certain things is really for her benefit. And in certain cases, not in all cases, but in certain cases, she has a right, not him, but she has a right to say, you know what? I don't want uh I want to keep what I have and you keep uh and you don't have to you don't have to uh, help me out. Uh, she has the right to do this because all of this is really for her benefit. Uh but before we even get there, uh let's list the 10 different obligations that a husband has uh, towards his wife. Uh, three of them, according to the Rambam, are on a biblical level, on a derisa level. Uh, and those three are providing for her sustenance, um, that uh, he has to uh, provide her with food. That's number one. Number two is to provide her with clothing, that he has to provide her with clothing. That's number two. And number three is that ona, that he has to spend time with her, specifically with regards to sexual relations. There's an obligation on the husband um, to uh, uh, to have time with her, his wife and have sexual relations with his wife. It's not an obligation on the wife. It's an obligation on the husband uh, to do that for his wife. Um, and ona really literally means not uh, sexual relations, but it means time. And uh, commentators have pointed out that it's not just uh, sexual relations, uh, but it's about spending time, making sure to spend time, especially since, not especially since, but uh, part of it is that for um, part of the month, uh, so that they're, they're, they're not allowed to have sexual relations. And that for that time, it's especially important that it's a different type of a relationship and that they should spend time. There's still an obligation uh, to spend time with each other. Those are the three on a biblical level. On a rabbinic level, there are seven other ones on a rabbinic level. So we will list those seven. Number one uh, of the seven is to provide medical treatment um, to, to, to pay for medical treatment. Number two is to redeem her if she's taken into captivity, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, number three is to bury her, the obligation to bury her, to provide a proper burial, which we will also discuss soon. Um, number four is that uh, she's allowed to use his possessions to provide for her from his possessions. Number five is that after he dies, she's allowed to continue to live in his home as a widow. Number six is that her daughters, even if it's not his daughters, but her daughters, uh, could receive subsidence from his estate um, until they get married. And number seven is that for her sons, her sons could inherit her ksuba, and that that would go to the sons uh, when she... Uh, uh, when she passes away, after she passes away. So th those are the seven. We will not discuss all ten or 
uh, all 10 of these uh, today, but over the course of the coming weeks, we'll probably discuss many, many, if not all of these cases. Uh, so says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanan, it's taught in a brisa. Tiknu mizonos tachas mesiyadah, the kurasa tachas ksubasa. Essentially, um, she, he has an obligation to provide sustenance for her. He has to pay for her food. And, it, and in response to that, he receives anything that she makes, uh, from work. So then he receives that, uh, uh, it, it, for, in, in exchange for that. Uh, so that, uh, so that he receives anything that she makes and he has to provide for her. Um, the second one, just before we even get to the second one, uh, the Gemara will explain later on, uh, that definitely according to some, uh, she has the right to say, you know what? I don't want this deal. I don't want you to provide for me food, uh, but I get to keep my own money from what I from what I make. She has the right to do this because the whole reason for this rabbinic uh, decree, this law, is really for her benefit. So she has the right to say, you know what? I don't I don't want this. Kfurasa He has an obligation to pay for her burial, and um, uh, he has that obligation, and that's. Uh, uh, under the the ksuba, under the, the in exchange for that is what the what the father of the wife brings into the marriage. He has to bring certain things into the marriage, um, and and he he would then the husband would then inherit that once she brings it into the marriage, and he then has an obligation to bury her. So those are two uh, of of uh, on the list of ten. Uh, we will see that we'll, we'll discuss a few more. But the Gemara then says this. Bryce then says. Because of this, the husband is allowed to eat from uh, and use different things uh, that she brought into the marriage while while they're still while they're married. He's allowed to use them, even though it belongs to her. He's allowed to use them. So the Gemara asks, "What does that have to do with anything? This seems pretty random." Paris What's going on here? This seems see we never mentioned anything about the husband using things that belong to her, her possessions while they're married. So the Gemara says, Really, this is how you have to read the Brisa. We, we misread the Brisa. This is how we have to read the Brisa. Really, there are three categories. Number one is that the, the husband has an obligation to provide subsistence, to, to feed her, and he receives anything that she, she makes from work. Number two, this is new, that he has an obligation to redeem her if she's taken into captivity, and because of that, he receives, he, he's allowed to use uh, the things that she brings into the marriage, the the possessions, or if she receives an inheritance um, from her mother, so then um, if she receives an inheritance from, from her family, so then uh, he's allowed to he would be allowed to use it. And the third one is that uh, he has an obligation to bury her, and because he has an obligation to bury her, so then different things that the father includes in the ksuba uh, that that she will bring into the marriage, he's allowed to have and he's allowed to inherit. Lefichach, that's the lefichach. Therefore, Baal Ochel because we have this list of three, so the husband is allowed to uh, use the things that she brings in to the marriage. My lefichach, what does it mean lefichach? What does it mean therefore? We just mentioned it. Why are we repeating it? So the Mark explains. One might have thought that, what would the husband say? The husband might say, you know what? I'm not going to use the things that she has. I won't use it, and I'll just, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to, let's say it's a fruit, I won't eat it. I'll, I'll store everything. I'll store everything that, that she that uh, that she's bringing into the marriage, um, and I won't, I won't use it. And if she ever is, if she's ever taken into captivity, I won't pay for her release, but I'll just use whatever it is that she brought in, that's hers, 
and I'll use that. And through that, I'll be able to redeem her. And if and if it's too much, if the price is too much and she doesn't have enough, so then I won't redeem her. So we don't want that to happen. So therefore, we say, you know what? No, you, you the husband cannot make such a cannot make such a claim. He has to say, um, he has to have the ability to to use whatever she brings into the marriage. It's called nichsi malug. Um, potentially, some some property. Could be called Nixay Tsumbarzal, it would have a different status, but at least the Nixay Malug, she's able to use. And then, regardless of how much the cost is, um, for to redeem her, so then he has an obligation to redeem her. He has that obligation, even if it's way more above and beyond how much he benefited from her possessions, he still has an obligation uh to uh, to redeem her. Now, we mentioned, just um, to point out, we mentioned that these are all put in place for the wife. All of these Takanos, all of these decrees are put in place for the wife, which is why we mentioned before that she has the ability to say, you know what, I don't want you to feed me, and also any money that I make, uh, I'm keeping for myself. Does she have the ability to say, I don't want you to redeem me? Don't you can't benefit from anything from the nichsei malug, from the possessions that I bring into the marriage, and you also have no obligation to redeem me. Does she have the ability to say that? The answer is no. She does not have the ability to say that. Uh, there are a few reasons why. One reason is because um, it's 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 an object it, it's an objective responsibility that the husband has to redeem her when she's taken into captivity. So she's in a very terrible, difficult situation. We do not allow her uh, to say, you know what, I, I don't want you to remove yourself from your obligation. You, the husband, remove yourself from that obligation. I'll deal with it on my own. No, she, it, it, it's it's not her call. In the end of the day, we we want to make sure that she's redeemed. We don't want to. She's not allowed to on her own put her in a put herself in a position where she's stuck and she remains as a captive. We will not allow that, and the husband therefore will have that obligation to redeem her. Um, so that's with regards to that case. The Gemara now asks, We mentioned three different obligations that the husband has, and also three different rights that the, that the husband has with regards to different things for that, that the wife has. How do we know that each one is, we, we said one is, is connected to the other, one is connected to the other. How do we know that? Uh, why, 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 why is uh, one in place of the other. So Amar basically the way they connected them is really about what is more common, what is most common, and what is the least common. So let's go through this again. And this uh, the way we're explaining it now is really based on how Tosos explains this later on, the classic commentator Tosos on the page. Uh, so he basically explains that Mizonis, to feed her, that's a daily thing. The husband has an obligation to, to, feed, his, to feed his wife, that's very common, and also for her to work. That's also very common. So therefore, he makes, um, he receives that payment. Next on the list is that it's less common to be taken into captivity, and so therefore, uh, the obligation to redeem her if she's taken into captivity. So that's the peros. The peros is that the nechsei melug. That's also not as common. To bring in, uh, for her to bring in different uh, uh, possessions, and that, the, and therefore the husband has the right to use it. So that that's less common, and so therefore that that would be tier two. Tier three is the obligation to bury her. That happens only once. That's uh, <laughs> to be to be redeemed if she's taken into captivity. Hopefully, it'll never happen, but it's possible that'll happen more than once. Uh, for to bury her, uh, that that only happens once, if it happens at all. It could be that the husband dies first before the wife. Um, so that's the least uh, least common, uh, the chances, um, and so for, in place of that is the, the, the least common is that what, what the husband 
with the, sorry with the father of the girl when she brings when he brings different things into the marriage. So that's also least common, and so therefore, if the father brings uh, uh, brings different things into the marriage, he gives his daughter to 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 now this is theirs for their marriage. So then the husband is able to inherit that. If she passes away, he would be Yorish. He would inherit that. And so that's the least common. And so therefore, the way that they uh, sort of set this up, this system up, is that what's most common is, is number one, is it has to do with uh, food. Um, what next on the list is redeeming as a captive, because that could happen more than once, even though it's also possible that it'll never happen. And number three is with regards to burying her, which also it's possible that'll never happen if the husband passes away first. But if it does happen, it would only happen uh, once. Okay, so that is that is that list. The Gemara, until now, has been assuming that this obligation to uh, feed his wife, to provide food for his wife, is on a rabbinic level. This is all on a rabbinic level. The rabbis uh, require this. Now, Rava now, for the rest of the Gemara, we'll see, will now discuss what's required on a biblical level, and it's really not so simple. It could be that providing substance is really an obligation on a biblical level, not on a rabbinic level. Until, until now, we've been assuming that it's on a rabbinic level. But now we'll see that uh, there could also be an obligation on a biblical level, according to certain opinions. The following brisa will have different opinions within this brisa, but they all hold that providing substance is required on a biblical level. The psukim, the Torah, tells us that there are three obligations that the husband has. She'er, ksus, and ona. What do these mean? So she'er is referring to food. Ksus is referring to clothing. Ona is about having the obligation to have sexual relations. Rebelazar Omer, he changes it. Rebelazar has the same three, but he just uh, flips it around. She'er means sexual relations, the obligation to have sexual relations. Ksus Clothing they agreed to is from the word ksus, and then onasa ilumazonos. Ona uh, is really referring to uh, the obligation to provide substance. Those are the first two opinions. They agree about um, what what the husband is obligated in on a biblical level. They disagree about whether it's what's learned there from the word she'er, what's learned from the ona. They they flip the two. The last opinion is Rebbelazer ben Yaakov, moving on to Menchasam and Aleph uh, 48a, she'era ksusa lefum. Learns the verses, the psukim slightly differently, and he learns that she'er and ksus is really it's a, it's a phrase to tell you that the clothing. It's all about the clothing. What type of clothing that uh, you have to give proper clothing for the person that you shouldn't give clothing to an older person that's really uh, designated for a younger person or for a younger person that's really designated for an older person. You have to give the proper clothing for the right person, for the right age. And it also has to be for the right time. Don't give winter clothing in the summer or summer clothing in the winter. A person has to provide with the... Uh, a husband has to provide with the right type of clothing. Tosos, the class commentator, points out that Rebbe Lezer Yaakov still agrees that the other two, uh, the obligation to have sexual relations and the obligation to provide a substance uh, is still on a biblical level according to Rebbe Lezer Yaakov. It's just not... Uh, proven from these words. It's not proven from these words, but he agrees that it's on a biblical level. At the end of the day, we have this dispute in our Gemara whether providing sustenance, the obligation to provide sustenance is on a biblical level or a rabbinic level. This is actually a dispute, uh, not just in the Gemara, but also amongst the commentators. 
if this is obligated on a biblical level or rabbinic level, we saw that the Rambam Maimonides held that it was an obligation on a on a biblical level. Either way, uh, there would be an obligation, and we've discussed many of the of the different uh, obligations that the husband has uh, towards his wife once they get married. Okay, we have concluded Daf Mem Zayin forty seven. We'll continue with the next Daf in next week's class.